real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Nice to see y'all. You know, Helen, I was thinking what might be a fun thing for us to do at the top of the show is to have some casual banter. Okay. Let's do it. You go first. Why, Jay Keith, those are some snazzy glasses you're wearing. Too bad the podcast audience can't see them. Today on Go Fact Yourself, <laughs> two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts in two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who's up first? He is a writer, a comedian, editor-at-large for Esquire magazine, and host of the podcast International Waters, it's Dave Holmes! Dave Holmes! Too far away. Hi, everybody. Hello, please. Make yourself comfortable. You've okay. got your beer. You've you got a blazer. You don't want me to do the entire show like this? <laughs> that's, that's fine. Suit yourself. No, no, it's fine. You've got a good chiropractor? Uh, no, <laughs> Again, a nice visual joke for our listening audience. <laughs> Hi, Dave Holmes. Hi, Helen Holmes. You got your beer? You're warmed up? Sure do. Yeah. Excellent. Well, one of, the, one of those statements is true. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we do. Now, Dave, you are an editor-at-large for Esquire magazine. That what is, is an editor-at-large? Uh, that is a, uh, a person who contributes but doesn't have to be in the office or sit through meetings of oh, any kind. Oh, my God. How would oh. you do that? It's so great. Um, I, uh, it, it was the one – I mean, you're not going to make – not to be tacky, but it's, you know, it's the world of magazines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when it came time to, like, negotiate a contract, it was like there's only so far you're going to get with money. Then it's like, uh, let's, let's nego- negotiate a fancy-sounding so- title. Oh, so we nice. came up with editor-at-large. And it was Ooh. like, also, how about I never have to go there? Oh, and I can just be at home. So how about it's I can got do... nothing to do with an editor that doesn't diet. No, no, not at all. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, but it guys. sounds cool, right? It does, absolutely. Thanks for that light chuckling. It, it means... <laughs> I appreciate it. Editor-at-large means writer in pajama bottoms. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And do we want to know great. what's on top? Uh, no, you don't. Okay, fantastic. No, you don't. Now, uh, uh, as Helen mentioned, you are the host of the podcast International Waters. Yes, I also, am. Uh, our, our sister show uh-huh. on, uh, on Maximum Fun. In the great uh, Max Fun family. Absolutely. How long have you been uh, doing that show? How long have I been doing that? I think about four years now. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and now, of course, we're just starting. This is our fifth episode. Uh-huh. What can we learn from your experience doing a podcast game show on the Maximum Fun Network? Never read reviews. Okay. That's oh. good. Never read review. Not that Ouch. we've ever gotten bad review. I mean, I don't know because I don't read them. But like the, the the secret for everything in this world is never ever read a review. <laughs> oh, it's so true. That way lies madness. You will just you'll go crazy. But yeah. as a writer uh, for Esquire, aren't aren't you also writing reviews of other things? Yes, I am. So, that that those people should never read. Okay, great. <laughs> ever, ever. So you yeah. really value your own work in the sense that nobody no. should read it. No, no, no. I mean, well, other people, people, should, people read should read it, right. but just the people who made the things that I make fun of when I write should not read them. Don't read reviews about the thing. If you're the one right. getting reviewed, yes. don't read right. your own reviews. That's so the exactly fact right. that you've been reviewed uh, does not change how you review other people. 
It does uh, not give you a sense of, you know, empathy or compassion. No, not at all. Okay, excellent. No. excellent. No. It's called show business, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. That's exactly right. Dave Holmes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Helen, who will Dave Holmes be playing against this evening? She is the lead singer of the band Save Ferris, whose EP Checkered Past is available now. It's Monique Powell. Monique Powell. Wow. Welcome, Monique. Hello, Monique. Monique also comes armed with a uh, fine yes. flagon of mead. Yeah. Yes, we made sure to be properly hydrated. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. I'm really showing a brewery. This is what's going yes, to we're happen. We're at a brewery. Yeah. We yeah. must. This is not my first drink either. <laughs> nice. This is going to be a very fun show. When now, at Monique, a brewery. Now, Monique, it says here in my notes that you and I are dear friends who have known each other for a long time. Yes, we are. Really? Yes. Tell us more about that. Well, <laughs> I know you so well. I know what your drag name is. What? All right, you can tell them because I. Can I really tell them? I don't remember, so go ahead. Kiki Van. (laughs) Fantastic. That's so good. Wow. Can I also? That's so good. But can I? While we're doing this, can I tell you all mine? Please. Barbara Ganoush. Right. Helen. Drag name, and now I feel like a drag. Oh, yeah. Oh, you see well, you know what? Maybe there. that'll be our bonus round. If one of you wants to come up with a oh. drag name for Helen, we can get to that. Wow. Um, Monique, you are so stylish. Why, thank you. You're just, you're like, your look is, I know podcast audience can't see, but your look is like everything you'd want a, a rock star to look like. Wow. You're like thank platinum you. blonde hair and lots yeah. of eye makeup. And so just, I look like Sid Vicious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hope this goes better than that. Um, <laughs> Now, uh, uh, you reformed your band after taking uh, some time off. What's it like to be back out there now after such a long time? It's incredible because I'm, I can't believe I'm doing it because mm-hmm. I'm in my 40s now. And I just got off of seven weeks on the Warp Tour and I was like the oldest lady on any of the stages there. <laughs> can you, and it was can pretty still, cool. Can you still relate to the young kids in the audience? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can you um, still party as hard? I partied harder than anyone yeah, on that tour. Yeah, yeah, that's how yeah like. you did. <laughs> Uh, one other thing I want to ask you about, uh, as your friend, I've been to an annual holiday party that you have, which I think is delightful. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us the name of that party that you throw? Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Mm. Combining? Chris Mahana Kwanzaa combines Jew food and holiday cheer. Wait, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa? Yes. A 60 pounds of brisket. Wow. 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 That's like four cows. That's like almost four cows. Excellent. Well, yeah. brisket, it's funny you mentioned brisket because we asked each of you to provide us mm-hmm. with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Mm-hmm. Dave, you said you know a lot about Broadway musicals, beer commercials, and Melrose Place. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah. And Monique, you told us you know a lot about cat behavior, natural remedies, and brisket. Yes. <laughs> Making 60 pounds of it a year would make yes. you an expert. And I can well, testify, she does know a lot about brisket. Later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. Okay. Now, we'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to three points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away some of those points. So your subjects today are impair and pair. Up first, Dave and yeah. impair. Here's uh-huh. your question, Dave. There are so many ways nature can kill or impair us, but there are distinctions. So tell us, please, what is the difference between venom, poison, and toxin? Okay. 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 <laughs> you seem ready to go. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, Venom mm-hmm. is uh, Venom must I- exist within a living creature, like mm-hmm. a snake or a. Uh, if big only snake, you can think of an another anaconda. living creature as an example. Um, yeah, like a like a like an insect or something okay. like that. Uh, poison can be synthesized oh. in a laboratory, mm-hmm. whereas a toxin is naturally occurring. Okay. Wow. So again, a, a wow. venom occurs in a animal, yes, a living thing such yes. as a snake, or if only we could yeah. think of something else yeah. uh-huh. that lives that uh, is the snake. Perhaps yeah. a bat. A poison occurs Maybe in a, a laboratory, or excuse me, yeah. a laboratory. Yeah. And a toxin again is. I believe naturally occurring. Naturally occurring. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have Dave's answer. We don't know yet if he's correct. Monique, if you think he's wrong, you can steal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think that Dave is wrong? Okay, so it's venom, toxin, or poison. That's right. I agree with him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I do. That's funny because I just disagreed with my own self. <laughs> <laughs> like, while you're saying it, I would love to change my if answer. If only we could give Dave two the extra yeah. point, but no. It's, uh, a ball, it's a ballsy move. Yes, ballsy. all right. <laughs> this segment is making me itchy. Let's go to a Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Okay, here are the facts. Poison is secreted, so the victim has to ingest or touch it. I see. Venom is injected, so the victim has to be bitten or stung. And toxin is any biologically produced chemical that alters the normal function of another organism. So poison and venom both are toxins. That's right. So basically, if you bite it and you die, it's poison. If it bites you and you die, it's venom. And both are toxins. No matter who's biting who. Yes. It's pretty close, though. It's pretty close. So the laboratory really didn't have quite... Anything no. to do with it. So, therefore, uh, how many points did we give Dave on that? I'm going to give Dave one point for the living creature aspect yeah. of his answer. Yeah. Thank you. Very generous. Yeah. Thank you. Because a living creature is the thing that would bite you mm-hmm. with venom. So, yeah. yes, Dave, one point. Excellent. In the future, I'm looking forward to robot bites. Yeah, sure. Right. Up next is Monique, your subject today, pears. The question to ponder, many words sound alike, many words look alike, many words are alike. So, when referring to a pair of words, what is the difference between a homonym, a homophone, and a homograph? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am not kidding you. Okay. Homonym. Mm-hmm. I, re- I have no idea how to answer okay. this right now, Gene. You could just take one at a time, maybe. Okay. A homonym. Can you help me? I wish. He's a writer. Yeah. He writes things. Mm-hmm. So, he knows all about... Have you ever used pairs of words in your uh, singing? Um, probably. Okay. The way we do things in the music industry yes. is, um, we just like quit college after the first year. <laughs> just like, <laughs> say screw it to education. And, mm-hmm. like, so this music. is a good lesson for people, not just yeah. about uh, word pairs, but about life. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a homonym, a hum... A homograph. A homograph. And, and a homophone. A homophone. So maybe just, like, take okay. a stab at it. So I'm, I'm just going to take a guess out of my okay. tush right here. Mm-hmm. Um, a homonym is probably two words that sound alike. Okay. Uh, homonym. A homograph? Mm-hmm. That's got... I mean, that's something that's got to do with... That can't be just... I mean, that's got to be math or something. I don't know anything about math either. That's why that wasn't my topic. My topic was brisket. Okay. <laughs> uh, so if you had to I... guess, and, and you do, yeah. what would you say for homograph? Uh, it would have to be like uh, maybe two numbers. Two numbers, all right. Looking and finally, a homophone. A homophone, something has to do with sound, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
sound alike. All right, two words that sound alike. Now, we have Monique's answers. We don't know if she's correct yet. Dave, if you think she's wrong, you can steal the points by giving us the Definitely correct answer. Wrong. Do you think Monique is wrong? Um, Definitely wrong. I, I, I do know that. Okay. Uh, but just, just because I feel the energy coming off of so you. Um, <laughs> Why but am I, I do here? think you're right with homophone. Homophone uh, is it's two words that sound alike, but are spelled okay. differently and mean different okay. things. Uh, homonym is um, different words that all mean the same thing. And homograph is a word that is spelled exactly the same as another word, but means the uh, completely different thing. That's exactly what I said. Not actually at all. Not really. All right. Um, <laughs> let's exactly what go. I said without saying it. <laughs> all right. So many words, so many pairs, so many beers. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table <laughs> for the facts. Homophones are simply words that sound the same, like lesson with an E and lesson with an O. As in, I will teach you a lesson to lessen your ignorance. Okay. Homographs are words that are spelled the same but have different meanings, like tear and tear. As in, okay. I shed a tear whenever I tear a muscle. Mm-hmm. Homonyms are words that are spelled the same and sound the same. So a homonym is both a homophone and a homograph, like address. As in, I went to my boyfriend's address to address his darn cheating. That's beautiful. Where did you get these examples? Uh, they were in the script. But Fair I, enough. <laughs> but I changed them up. All right, very good. Yeah. Uh, so what does that mean as far as our points go? It looks like they each got some points on this one. Yeah, so Monique gets one point for homophone. And Dave, you get two points, successful steal on homograph and homonym. Very nice, Dave. Helen, what is our score after the first round? After our first round, Dave has three points and Monique has one point. All right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Now a word from our sponsor. Say, Helen, you always seem to wear just the right outfit for any occasion. What's your secret? Thanks, J. Keith. The key to my look is XCVI. XCVI? Yes, XCVI. It's Roman numerals for 96 because the company was founded in 1996. Wait a second. XCVI, it's now MMXVIII, carry the V. Why, that's XXII years. (laughs) That's right, J. Keith. And in all that time, XCVI has grown into a clothing brand that specializes in comfortable and chic clothes that are ethically made. Well, where can people find XCVI clothes? XCVI is available at its own retail stores, at department stores like Nordstrom, and online at XCVI.com. Whoa. I know. (laughs) And you can save 10% on your purchase at XCVI.com by using code HELEN at checkout. Offer valid through February 28th, 2018. Well, people better hurry up if they want to use your coupon code. I know, guys. I'm a coupon code. (laughs) XCVI. Fashion you can live in. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Dave Holmes with three points and Monique Powell with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Ellen Hong. Thanks, everybody. Now, Dave Holmes, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about Broadway musicals, Mm -hmm. beer commercials, Mm -hmm. and Melrose Place. Yeah. Today, we want to talk to you about Melrose Place. Oh, boy. Here we go. 
Here we go. Oh, that's a fun one. Here we go. You seem relieved and excited. Well, you know, we're going to go on a journey together. We are. <laughs> a journey to Melrose Place. To Melrose Place. <laughs> what do you like about Melrose Place so much? Um, it, uh, it was like a beautiful moment in my life. I was in college. We would meet at the campus pub on Wednesday nights. We, we would watch The Hills. We'd watch the place. Wow. And, uh, and we place. would like, we would eat popcorn. And mm-hmm. like, and it, it, I remember it started, it was like a spin off of 90210, and it was mm-hmm. very earnest, and then it got real trashy real quick. Oh, yeah. Real, real. And, uh, and there was like a gay character on it who you saw for like five minutes a season. He would like <laughs> walk through the back of the frame, and they'd be like, he's gay, and that was great, like at the time. Well, listeners today probably don't know that that really was a big deal. This was. was in what, early mid 90s. Yes. And we hadn't had a, a main gay character, let alone who had a, a love story <laughs> well, well such as it was well okay okay there, there was anything in like season four or whatever there was uh there there was finally like a gay kiss on mm-hmm. this place and it happened out by the pool as these things often do and uh and like and matt and i don't remember who the other person was uh their heads slowly started to come together and then it just like it went to someone's reaction like from the window of one of the apartments like i think it was andrew shu like like that. And then it, you didn't see yeah, anything, but it was like the first gay kiss on Fox. What a tease. It was groundbreaking. And do you have any favorite episodes or favorite moments? Oh, boy. Um, I think the moment when I said that Melrose Place was one of my interests because I was, like, trying to think of things, and then I hit send. I th- that was a great moment. Okay. <laughs> that was a great moment. So now Good we'll see, see how you're that... taking this show seriously. Yeah, sure. So now we'll All see right. how that plays out. Well, let's expose your ignorance uh, with five trivia questions. <laughs> no, uh, I do love it. I no, no, no. I'm sure it. you're going to yeah, do... Yeah, I yeah. actually think you're going to do quite well on this. Okay. Now, just better. ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert on Melrose Place to test your mastery. If it's Sydney, mastery. I'm going to lose my... Lose our collective mind. Now, before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about Melrose Place, each worth one point. Great. Now, if you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Now, Monique, listen closely, because if Dave answers incorrectly and you know the correct answer, you can steal and make Dave feel horrible. Yep. Now, Monique, by the way, how much do you know about Melrose Place? Very little. Excellent. So this will be, okay. be a lot of fun. Those days are like a blur. All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be clearer for Dave. Dave, here is your first question about Melrose Place. Number one, despite appearing in about 200 episodes of Melrose Place, what cast member was always listed in the opening credits as special guest star? Well, that would be Heather Locklear as Amanda Woodward. Um, that is correct. That yeah. is correct. Whoa. Yeah. You've got more to say about this? Well, I mean, who, I mean, obviously, we've got a lot to say about mm-hmm. Heather Locklear. I think each one of us in this room has a lot to say yes. about it. Oh, I've got, I've got plenty to say. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, that was that moment where the show really tipped into yeah. uh, soap opera. Yeah. It became really crazy uh, because it was so earnest and 30-something-esque and, and whatever, and people did not want that at all, certainly Boring. not from Fox. <laughs> so, so, like, Heather Locklear became the special guest star, and then she became the star of the show. Yeah. But she never relinquished the special guest star interest. Because she's special. Yeah. I mean, it's Heather Locklear. Uh, yeah. She brought the trashiness out. God bless her. Damn right. Yeah. All right, you're doing very well. Here is question okay, number two. Oh, boy. In a memorable episode, yep. Sydney and her sister Jane get into a fight in the swimming pool. Uh-huh. What was Sydney wearing? Uh, I believe she was wearing a wedding dress. Helen? That is correct. That yes. is correct. Oh. Wow. I feel so alive. <laughs> um, it was actually their grandmother's wedding dress that they were fighting over. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think in my head like who she was marrying, and I can't quite place it right now. Yes. Well, uh, but I do remember that. Who could forget? Oh, I want to YouTube this immediately. Sure. <laughs> it's pretty great. I'll recreate it for you if we can. Okay, very good. All right, you're two for two. Here's number three. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't just on camera where notable names appeared on the show. Sure. Which former cast member of Happy Days directed several episodes of Melrose Place? 
I will, okay. I mean, I think it's a little beneath Ron Howard. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Well, maybe but maybe between I, Cocoon and Cocoon 2 or something. True, yeah. true. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite think that that would be... Okay. You do have a hint oh. available if you'd like to use the hint. Yeah, no, I'm not, okay. I don't, oh. don't want to go out like that. Okay. Um, I mean, I spent all weekend writing hints, but if you don't want to <laughs> use them, that's fine. I do believe Anson Williams does some TV directing, so I'm going to say Anson Williams. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Yes. Anson Williams. Wow. He played oh, Potsy on Happy Days uh-huh. and has directed several TV series, as you mentioned. Great. All right, Great. here's number four. Oh, boy. What recurring guest star of Melrose Place spoke at the Republican National Convention in 2016? Okay, I know this one, guys and gals. Um, okay, this is uh, Kennedy Center honoree Antonio Sabato Jr. Ellen? That is correct. Yep. It is correct. Oh. Yep. He's currently running for U.S. Congress. And I was hoping you were going to ask for the hint because Helen, let's just yeah, let, can let, I hear let Helen hint? give us the hint. The hint is so epic. Okay, his character fell from a balcony, survived. Then, while in the hospital, after his wife tried to unplug his breathing machine, grabbed her and pulled her into his bed, but died from the effort. <laughs> wow! I mean, and again, come I'm pretty on. sure that was the character that he played. Yeah, and not yeah. Antonio oh Sabato. Well, I mean, listen, yeah. I know his son. You know, he used Antonio to go, Sabato the uh, Third. No, no, <laughs> oh, no, that's no, that's not his name. But uh, but yeah, Antonio Sabato Jr. and Virginia Madsen used to go out, and they, oh, they have a kid together. Really? Yeah, and, uh, and Virginia is, a, is I'm going to drop names. She's a friend. Oh. So uh, yeah, so I like I bump into to uh, to Jack Sabato Jr. <laughs> once in a while. He's like Jack studying Sabato to be a video game designer. He's just like he's like early twenties. Huh. Wow. Bunch of tattoos. It's very cool. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're doing very well. Here's your fifth question. Melrose Place, of course, took place on Melrose Place. That's but correct. at what address number on Melrose oh. Place? I will need both of my hints. All right, uh, you get one hint per question, I so need this is your hint. Hints. Helen, how about a hint for this? It is a four digit number, uh-huh. and two of the digits are the same. 1225. <laughs> Helen, is it 1225? It is not 1225. No, I'm sorry, but Monique, an exciting opportunity for you to steal. <laughs> 2320. Was it 2320? It's not 2320. No, I'm sorry. Oh. The correct answer is 4616. That's what oh. I said. <laughs> if only they showed it on every single episode. Yeah, sure. sure. And yeah. fun fact, that's also my pin. That's yeah. my pin. What? Oh, it's everybody's pin. Yeah. 4616. All right, it's my well, password you can... for everything. Despite that last question, you did very well in that round. But now, here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. Okay. Now, this question is so high-level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. You may know this right away. You may need to think on it. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Okay. Here we go. In season three, while on a boat, Joe shot and killed the father of her unborn baby. That's correct. Later, that baby was kidnapped. Twice. Yes. For up to three points, name the baby and tell me who kidnapped the baby the first time and who kidnapped the baby the second time. This is a crazy question. That's like a three-part question. It, it really is. It's not even fair. Yeah. Um, Expert level. You know, we don't mess around here okay. on Go Fact Your Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to start with the second part because I remember that at least one of the groups of people that kidnapped the baby was the, the parents of the father of the baby who she shot. And I think his name was Reed, and he was played by somebody very handsome. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the first then person who kidnapped the baby was the father, and there was a tussle, and she shot that man. 
And the baby was named Alex. Alex the baby. Alex the baby. All right. All right, Helen has taken note of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight, we have the co-founder of a popular celebrity fashion blog who's written about Melrose Place for The Cut, Television Without Pity, and Vulture. It's Jessica Morgan. Jessica Morgan. (laughs) Hello, Jessica. Please have a seat at the microphone. Yes. Hi, Jessica. Like, my whole college was spent watching Melrose Place. And listening to St. Ferris, so this is very exciting. Oh, very nice. We make dreams come true here. You did. I'm delighted. Uh, Now, before we get further, uh, I want to mention that uh, Helen, of course, introduced you by saying that you are the co-founder of a popular celebrity fashion blog. What is the name of your celebrity fashion blog? It's called Go Fug Yourself. Yes! Finally, the crossover episode people have been waiting for. (laughs) Exactly, yes. Go Fug and Go Fag. It's synchronicity. Synchronicity. Meant to be. Where did the name Go Fug Yourself come from? Um... I don't really remember. Uh, we've been running the blog since 2004, my writing partner, Heather Cox, mm-hmm. and I. And um, I think we just thought it was like sort of a dirty pun that people would remember. And if I knew that I was going to have to tell my parents that that's what the site was called, I might have called it something different. Okay. <laughs> Is it yeah. go fug, like F-U-G? Fug, like fugly. Yeah. Ah, I do really have to hit the G when I tell people yeah. what the site yes. is called, because otherwise they think I'm being very rude to yes. them. Yeah. Well, we have also... a lot we can discuss about this, yes. very, uh, this very topic. And you also... Also... I'm sorry, Monique. Sorry, that's also the name for a fake Ugg boot. Yes. A fug. Maybe we should yeah. start a line of fake Wait. Ugg boots. Yes, mm. exactly. <laughs> All right, now let's, uh, let's talk about the reason you're here tonight is to talk about Melrose Place. Yes. Now, okay. on Television Without Pity, you wrote a recap of one episode of Melrose Place that was 13 pages long. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that was Why? like not even that long, to be honest with you. Yeah. What, did, what about that episode warranted such a long description? Um, well, the reason I recapped it was because at the time we were doing some sort of, um, like it was a fundraiser, and the readers asked me to recap, I would say, the best episode ever of Melrose Place. Yes. The wig? Yes. When Kimberly, Kimberly rips off her wig. Um, and honestly, I could have written for 45 pages about wow. this seminal moment in television history when Dr. Kimberly Shaw returns from the dead and rips off her wig. Wow. wow. That it is like the best moment wig. of TV ever. Yeah. And uh, has Melrose Place influenced your writing to this day? I know in some of your work, it comes up as a reference uh, from time to time. Yeah, I, um, I think anyone who loves a good soap opera, Melrose Place has to have influenced them in, in many ways. I mean, anytime a woman rips off her wig, how can that not really make a deep impact on you as a young woman? <laughs> Fair enough. Do you, do you have a wig you would like to rip off tonight? No, but I, I, I like, first of all, frankly, I too wish I were Sydney. I would just like to state that for the record. No, I mean, um, listen, And I'm sort great. of sad I did not wear a wig that I could dramatically take oh, off. Oh, yeah. that would have been so yeah. good. Yeah. Sorry, well, you guys. I just all really right, well, let's get to the reason let that we have. Let everyone uh, down. Let's get to the reason that we have you here tonight. You heard the question that we asked Dave as a reminder. It was about when Joe shot and killed the father of the unborn baby. Later, the baby was kidnapped twice. Uh, for up to three points, we asked Dave to name the baby and tell us who kidnapped the baby each of those times. Helen, let's remind everyone Dave's answer first. What did Dave say the name of the baby is? Dave said the name of the baby was Alex. And Jessica? Um, that is not right. It is Austin. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, you got the okay. A right. Never yeah. gotten I would never yeah. have gotten that either. Uh, all right. And then uh, we asked Dave who kidnapped the baby the first time. Helen, what did Dave say? Dave said the father of the baby. No. In fact, the first person who kidnapped the baby was Dr. Kimberly Shaw. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah of course. Of Obviously. wig yes. ripping fame? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, now that probably wouldn't be a surprise if most people who watch the show because it seemed like if there was anything uh, untoward, Kimberly was going to Yeah, involved she's somehow. a baby kidnapper for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But misunderstood, but a baby kidnapper. And finally, we asked Dave who kidnapped the baby the second time. Helen, what did Dave say? Reed's parents, who are the baby's father's parents. This was very close. Mm-hmm. He was actually kidnapped by Emily, the nanny who was hired by Reed's parents oh. to watch the baby. So pretty close. I think we'll be able to give you a half point. I'll Do you agree we can point. give him a half point on uh, that? Totally. So. Yes. I'll take a half point. 100%. I'll take a half point. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, Jessica, if people want to learn more about your work, where can they find you? You can find me at my website. Go fug yourself, F-U-G, <laughs> um, and we're at... Fug Girls on Twitter, where we spend a lot of time talking about like bad celebrity outfits and how much we hate Donald Trump. Yay! Jessica Morgan, ladies and gentlemen. So Helen, let's get a score recap after that round. Uh, Dave has seven and a half points, strong showing, and Monique has one point with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We'll talk with Monique about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Dave and Monique will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself right after this. <laughs> I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Dave Holmes with seven and a half points and Monique Powell with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. All right, Monique, let's get some points on the board here. Now, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about cat behavior, home remedies, and brisket. Today, we're going to talk to you about cat behavior. Yay! Yay! And by the way, I'm happy to just end the show now and just exchange photos of our cats with each other. But, uh, which we did for about which half we did an before, hour before actually, the show yes, yes. already. Yes. So, so uh, for the people who don't know, uh, we assume you have cats? I have 17 cats. What? No, I'm just kidding. I have two. You have two. Tell us about your lovely little furry guys. Um, or your cats. I'm so sorry. Yeah. My, <laughs> well, um, they were little bottle-fed rescues, and uh, they're brother and sister, and they hate each other. And have you noticed any odd behaviors uh, in your time? Yeah, you? yeah. No, if I, like, um, don't give the boy enough attention, he craps on the bed. Oh, oh yeah. he's very direct. He is. He's very direct. He yeah. makes it very clear to all of us that he's unhappy with my behavior. Now, you showed me a, a cute little video of, of one of your cats. Tell us about what, what you That's showed him. That's Old Blue. Yeah, so he's named after the character in Old School. He likes Moscow Mules, and he likes to watch me while I undress. Oh. So. 
And again, we're talking about your cat, not your husband. Right? Okay. <laughs> no, it's pretty Sounds creepy. like a lot of boys I know. Now, have yeah. you ever have you ever successfully modified a cat's behavior? Um. Yeah, with a spray bottle. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that spray works. Spray bottle works. Wait, did you bottle feed your cats? I did. As from from tiny kittens. I did. Oh, so you're really their mommy. I really and am. And one of them is still mean to you. Yeah, <laughs> the girl. <laughs> That's kind of why I like cats. Yeah, they don't they, they don't yeah, hold a grudge, but they also don't hold uh, no. the opposite of a grudge. No. Yeah. No. The girl is kind of you know her name is Miss Lilu Marie Tiger Song because I feel like every like person or animal that's naughty needs a middle name. So uh. Marie is her middle name. Mm. You know, Lilu Marie. Whenever you get mad, Lilu Marie. But how do you middle name? But she doesn't crap on the bed. It's the boy cat that craps well, on the bed. Well, actually, there was someone pissing on the bed, and we thought it was the boy, but then one day, <gasps> yes. Caught red-handed. The girl was, like, kind of making it seem like it was the boy doing it. She's very smart. Okay, remind me if <laughs> I go to your smart. house to never sit on the bed. Wait, wait. Yeah. I just want to go back to this. Yeah. The girl cat was framing the boy cat? She was. <laughs> she was, because she, she hates him. No, really, they hate each other. She hates him. But how did she frame him? She would, okay, so because he's the bed crapper, we right. assumed that he was the bed peer. Ah, I see. So, so she peed on the bed and then left and the room. And one day yeah. we caught her and she was like on the bed like like a possum. <laughs> She's like, uh-oh. We were like, oh my God, we found out who the peer is. Yeah. All right. So. Well. Fascinating. Just ahead, we'll enlist the help of a bona fide expert in cat behavior to test your mastery in this subject with our expert level questions worth up to three points. But before that, just to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about cat behavior, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints among these five questions. Dave, if you know the questions that Monique gets wrong, you can steal. By the way, how much do you know about cat behavior? Pass. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I know about Melrose Place. Yeah. What do you have, a dog? <laughs> Ew, no, gross. See, I'm oh, with you. Dog. Dogs are... Dog. Right. Sweet, Let's face it, dogs puppy. are just better. Yeah. Well, we'll have a new co-host next show sweet on Novak. No, no, no. We love everybody here. Yes. All right, here are the first of your five trivia questions, Monique. Okay. According to Best Friends Animal Society, what is the most common reason cats are brought to shelters? Uh, peeing. Helen? I'm going to give it to you. Litter box problems. That's there right, yes. Yeah. Litter box problems is the number one reason. I mean, we, we do want the cats to pee. It's right, but just a marking. Of, yeah, it's marking. a matter of where. I should say okay. marking. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number two. What is the proper term for the motion cats make by rhythmically alternating their paws, pushing in and out of a pliable object? Kneading. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> also colloquially called making biscuits. Yes, making biscuits. <laughs> That's right. Kneading dough. That's right. And actually just talking about it Maybe makes me bread. want to go home and cuddle with my cat right now. Aww. But I'll, I will persevere for you people. All right, two for two. Here's number three. Aside from stretching, what's the main reason a cat will arch its back? Um, they will arch their back. Oh. You can ask for a hint if you want. Yeah, I'll take a hint. Helen, how about a hint? Here's the hint. <laughs> okay, so... So for those By the way, of, Helen Hahn in the hint, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And, and for those of you at home that are not here watching me, I've yes. just made myself much bigger and gone. Yes. Yes. This is really why you need to come see photo. the live yes. show. I hope, I hope photos have been taken. How many cats? Do you have cats? You look like I you're a cat lady. No. no. Okay. So, I'm definitely allergic. Why doesn't that yeah. sound like a compliment? 
Yes. No, absolutely compliment. No, absolutely. All right, let's get to our so answer. So they uh, arch their backs to make themselves seem larger when in the presence of a potential um, enemy or threat. Oh, that's so correct. That's yeah. exactly correct. Very I, good. My hint was so on point. It yes. was... You, you actually gave me the point. Yes. I feel guilty taking that you know, point. I want, to find a way, I want to find a way to use that hint in every show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, here we go, point. number four. Which of the following is not a sign that your cat is in heat? She moves her tail to one side. She tries to escape. She excessively licks her genital area. Or she drinks more water. Um, I think maybe the tail to one side thing. Helen? No, that is not correct. Incorrect. Oops. Dave with a chance to steal. I'm going to say it's the drinking of water. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Oh! The dog guy gets the answer. And by the way, who's to say what's excessive genital licking? <laughs> so much judgment. Uh, the moving the tail to one side is called a deflection reflex, which allows males easier access, if you know what I'm saying. It's oh, a family okay. show. Uh, all right, Dave got the steal on that, but you have a chance to get your point back on this one. Number five, Monique, as far as cat behavior is concerned, what is gaping? Is gaping the thing they do with their mouths where it looks like they're breathing like a tiger, where they sort of open their mouth and breathe through their mouth like that? Ellen? I think I'm going to give it to her. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yay! Yes. We call it the tiger breath. The tiger bath? Ti- tiger breath. Tiger, tiger breath. breathing. Okay, yes. Yeah, because tigers it, do that in the wild. Yeah. It's, it's like, when a cat partially opens its mouth for about five to ten seconds. Sometimes it'll wrinkle its muzzle, lower its chin, and let the tongue hang out. Yeah. It's really creepy. It's really um, creepy. It's actually known as the flamen response. Mm. Flamen response. Flamen. <laughs> uh, and that is associated with the inhalation of odors and pheromones from other cats to gather social or sexual information about Ooh. other cats. So when a cat gapes, it opens the passage for those odors to travel to the vimeronasal mm. yes. organ, which helps process the information. Wow. So uh, oh. very good on that. You got Thank four you. out of five, I believe. Thank you very much. Thank you. But now, here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster fact. Oh, wow. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Okay. Now, it drives cat owners crazy when cats scratch up the furniture, but there's a reason they do it. In fact, according to board-certified veterinary behaviorist Dr. Rachel Malamed, there are three reasons. So for up to three points, what are the scientific reasons that cats scratch stationary objects like furniture? All right. So, okay. So one is probably to <clears throat> file down their nails. Like, it feels good. They like doing that. The other is to mark their territory. And the third has something probably to do with pheromones. Because cats, cats do everything because of pheromones. Yep. I did it all for the pheromones. Right. Right. That's right. Uh, okay. So, uh, so that's what I would this. say. Like, something having to do with the actual physical act of it and filing down their nails. The other having to do with... Um, the pheromones, and then the third having to do with marking their territory. But I think it also feels good for them. Helen has recorded your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have? Here with us tonight is a veterinarian and board-certified veterinary behaviorist, Dr. Rachel Malamed. Dr. Rachel Malamed! (laughs) Hello, Dr. Malamed. Please move up and speak right into the Hi. microphone there. Hello. Welcome. Uh, your name sounds very familiar to me. I believe I've said it in the question that we asked yes. a moment ago. <laughs> She's famous. I'm very yes. impressed, actually. You knew a lot about cat behavior. So. Excellent. Now, uh, not all behaviorists are veterinarians, and not all veterinarians are behaviorists. So what, what is the distinction? Um, so I'm a veterinarian first and foremost, and then I went back for additional 
residency training in clinical animal behavior, so behavioral medicine, um, which focuses on basically the, the science behind um, animal behavior and the, the wow. psychology behind it and the medical aspects of it. And how much do we know about why cats behave the way they behave? Are there, are there still mysteries to the behaviorists? Yes. I mean, if, if only they could talk to us and explain. Oh, I bet they would say <laughs> such bitchy things. <laughs> <laughs> they would like, say why, why do you make me watch you undress and uh, yes. go to the bathroom? Uh, um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of research. There are a lot of things that we do know, but, of course, they're still mysteries. So. Sure. Now, uh, you make house calls when you go to people's homes to help them uh, with their, their pet's behavior. What are some of the more odd cases that you've seen? Um, I mean, the odd cases are usually the, what we call repetitive behaviors, um, the, you know, tail chasing, the over-grooming, um, the, you know, sort of frenetic, unusual, abnormal behaviors. And what do you consider excessive uh, genital licking? Oh. I'm, asking for, <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. I haven't actually quantified that. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, does somebody have to stand, stand there with a clicker, like, every time? Like, um, <laughs> Now, you recommend people videotape their pet's behavior uh, when they come to you. What's some of the weirder things that you've seen pets do on video? Um, I don't know if there's so many weird things. I think they're weird to the owners because they're unexpected things, mm. um, especially, you know, what, it, what do our pets do when they're at home alone? Oh, and, what have you seen? Um, you know, just <laughs> sometimes absolutely nothing. And yeah. sometimes people think they're doing absolutely nothing, and then they discover, you know, that they're actually... Um, reading you know, your diary, urin- yeah, yeah. urinating, or they're they're destroying things, or they're you know they're, they're framing kind of... their sibling for a crime they did not commit. <laughs> Serious? No, they'll yeah. wait. Till, no, they will wait till we're gone, and then they will pee and then blame it on the other one. Okay, wow. I'm not kidding. Yeah, no, no, obviously people know uh, that you know dogs can be trained and behavior modified, but cats can have their behavior modified as well. Is it, is it more difficult to train a cat? Why why don't people think of cats as trainable? I don't know why they don't think of. Cats is trainable. They're, they are very trainable. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's all based on learning theory and positive reinforcement training and what they'll do for, usually for a treat. And you can train almost any animal. And you said positive reinforcement. Yeah. So when Monique used a spray yeah. bottle, she's a horrible person? I'm a horrible person. <laughs> no, no comments. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight. You heard the question that we asked Monique. As a reminder, we asked, according to somebody named uh, Dr. Rachel Malamed, uh, there are three scientific reasons that cats will scratch a stationary object like furniture. Helen, let's remind everyone of uh, the three answers. Monique said that cats scratch furniture to file down their nails, mark their territory, and because of pheromones. And how did she do on that? I think I would give you two out of three points, but the last answer sort of over... Two of the answers overlap. So the first um, answer would be maintenance of the claws. So you got that correct. So they'll, they'll um, sort of condition their claws and remove the outer sheath and also exercise the ligaments involved in uh, protraction of the, the claws for hunting. Um, and then secondly, they will mark with their claws. So as a visual marker to other cats, but also as a scent marker. So they actually have uh, scent glands in their paws that they'll deposit these um, substances on the, the surface. And um, thirdly, it's for stretching. So, but the pheromones and the, the scent marking are... are, are all part of that similar. same answer. Similar, yeah. Right. But two out of three, not bad, Monique Powell. Thank you. Thank you. And 
I just, for the record, I haven't used a spray bottle in probably eight years. Okay, so. I was just, I didn't mean to spray shame you, yeah, I'm sorry. No. Don't spray uh, shame me, bro. <laughs> if people want to find out more about your work, where can they find you? Um, so, beha- uh, behaviordoctor.com, and doctor is spelled D-O-G-T-O-R. Behavior doctor. Oh. All right, Dr. Rachel Malamud, ladies and gentlemen. Doctor. Helen, let's get a score recap. At the end of that round, Dave Holmes has eight and a half points and Monique Powell has seven points. Very impressive, but this, of course, is anybody's game with our final Fast Facts round coming up. We'll crown a winner when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. And now a word from our alternate sponsor. What's wrong, J. Keith? Helen, I'm on social media, and things have gotten so toxic. Mm, I know what you mean. I mean, I don't want to not pay attention to the news, but I wish there were an account I could follow that just had nice things to look at that aren't just selfies, food, and babies. There is! Hopper Stone Photography on Instagram. Hopper Stone Photography on Instagram? Yep, that's exactly what I said. Follow at Hopper underscore Stone, and you'll see dozens of pictures with something fun to read that goes along with each one. Well, who is this at Hopper underscore Stone? He's a professional photographer who's covered world events and is the official on-set photographer for some of your favorite TV shows and movies. His Instagram feed shows some of the the behind-the-scenes of Hollywood sets, plus shots from his phone camera. He's sharing moments that amuse and bemuse. I like both of those things. I'm going to follow at Hopper underscore Stone on Instagram right now. At Hopper underscore Stone on Instagram. Amuse. Bemuse. Give it your views. Thanks, Hopper Stone. <laughs> Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Dave Holmes with eight and a half points and Monique Powell with seven points. Once again, here's J. Keith Ed Stratton. Thank you, Eleanor. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. What a game we've had tonight. Now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Dave and alternate between each guest. We'll keep the discussion to a minimum. Each correct answer is worth one point. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Are you ready? Sure. Monique? Yeah, no, yes. Monique? I'm, re- I'm ready. Good enough. All right. We're going to get you more beers soon. Here we go. Right. Let's begin. Dave, a yes. cube has six sides. True. Ellen? Correct. Monique, the word Mississippi has six S's. No, it has four. False. Correct. Correct. That's right, it has four. Dave, Die Hard was based on a novel. False. Helen? Mm, Incorrect. No, No. it was based on a novel called Nothing Lasts Forever. Monique, Die Hard 2 was based on a novel. False. Incorrect. No, it was also based on a novel called 58 Minutes. Unbelievable. That's how I do most of my reading is through the Die Hard movies. What? Dave, George Washington founded the New York Post. False. Correct. That's right. Alexander Hamilton did. Wow. Monique, there are five Major League Baseball teams in California. False. Ellen? Mm, incorrect. No, that's what? true. It's the Padres, Dodgers, Giants, Athletics, and the only one that matters, the Angels. Yeah. Oh. Dave, Nicholas yeah. Cage is a Best Actor Oscar winner. True. Correct. That's right. He won for Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Monique, Bugs Bunny was the first cartoon character with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. True. Incorrect. No, I'm sorry. Mickey Mouse was first. Dave, California has a state dinosaur. True. Correct. That's right. As of the first of this year, the Augustinolophus Morrissey. And finally, Monique, California has a state firearm. 
False. Correct. That is wow. correct. However, eight states do, which are Alaska, Arizona, Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Utah, and West Virginia. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests, Monique Powell and Dave Holmes, as Helen tallies up the score. Helen, have you tabulated the score for tonight's game? I sure have, Jake Heath. Monique Powell has nine points, and Dave Holmes has 12 and a half. Congratulations to Dave Holmes. You are our facting champion. Thank you. (laughs) Cheers. They're clinking glasses, still friends. Dave, what will you do with your championship title? Oh, it's oh, so that's all I get is a title? I mean, we gave you a beer, I think. Okay, well, anyway. Free appetizer? uh, I I mean, honestly, I will will endeavor to be slightly more smug for at least the next 48 hours. That's what we asked for. All right. uh, We want to give everyone a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Uh, Monique Powell, what do you have going on? Oh, I'm writing a full-length record for Say Ferris, uh, looking into Europe, uh, (laughs) touring Europe in the summer, and we're playing with 311 in San Diego in March, and we're doing a two-day ska festival in Huntington Beach, April 28th and 29th. Monique Powell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Dave Holmes, top that. Uh, okay. Um, I, well, you can find me on Twitter, at Dave Holmes, um, or on Esquire.com. Uh, my book, uh, Party of One, is, in, uh, is out in paperback with bonus material. Um, I am um, going to figure out a way to uh, hook up with Nick Hexum of 311. And, um, and oh, and uh, the Friday 40 uh, is the second Friday of every month uh, at uh, Nerd Melt in Hollywood. It's me and Scott Gimple, and it's, uh, it's even boozier than this. They all, ladies and gentlemen. Your co-host has been Miss Helen Hong. Yes. You can see my performance schedule on my website, HelenHong.com, and follow me on the socials at FunnyHelenHong, because some other girl named Helen Hong has my handles. But she's so, not funny. Helen I'm Hong I'm the is. funny one. Uh, and me, you can follow me on social media at J underscore Keith. I actually will be a guest on Dave's show, International Waters, uh, maybe by the time this thing drops, so please look for that. I'm very much looking forward to that. And that just leaves me to thank Dave Holmes, Monique Powell, Jessica Morgan, Dr. Rachel Malamed, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactYourPod, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night! Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactYourPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like VF Glenn did. He said the show was super fun to listen to. Even though you misspelled two, that's okay. It's an example of a homophone. Thanks, VF Glenn. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Christian Duenas. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Mike Aviano, CJ Miller, Stella Chow, Carl Mastro Marino, Don Chesbro, Linda Holmes, and Mark Johnson. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. I've been Helen Hong.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.